welcome to 99 Yards Podcast. I'm your host again, Duncan Terry, because everyone's too frightened to have a go. And I'm joined by regular guests, Adam Barton and Brian Dickey. How you doing, fellas? I'm very good, Duncan. I'm it's good to be back. Uh, excited to talk some football. Excited to talk about Super Wildcard Weekend and the weekend we've got coming up. I'm doing well, thanks. Just uh, climbing out from back of the sofa for, uh, with the threat of hosting. But uh, other than that, doing well. <laughs> I'm only messing. I know you're all good for it. Hey, uh, so we are off the back of a wild card weekend and it was tremendous. I really enjoyed it. I mean, uh, the seventh seeds weren't the greatest advert for seventh seeds. <laughs> but other than that, it was really good fun. Um, and we will start off with that wild Jags comeback. Uh, great, uh, great comeback against the Chargers. 27 nil down. Um of course, their coach, Doug Peterson, has been called an underdog before in the playoffs. Uh, we all remember how that ended. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, it was. It was a, a great game and, yeah, an incredible comeback. You, you know, we see we see crazy comebacks every couple of weeks, don't we? But you don't really expect them, well, that large anyway in the playoffs. But, yeah, it was, it was pretty exciting and hell of a confidence booster, I think, going into this, this weekend and, yeah, they just started so badly, but then the the last three quarters they they absolutely destroyed the charges, and it's you know it's charges all over that, isn't it? That they've they've got a bit of a uh, a reputation for uh, especially later on in the season throwing away leads, but yeah, hell of a uh, hell of a game, and uh, I reckon the Jags will take that confidence, that big comeback win, and uh, they'll be flying hopefully against the Chiefs. We'll we'll see how that goes. That is optimism for for the Jags. <laughs> Uh, Adam, is that's 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 wild, right? I was going to say, I think if if ever there is a team of destiny for this year, it's got to be the Jags, based on the run they went on to get into the playoffs, let alone the uh, the game on on Saturday night. But I, I can't see them beating the the Chiefs. Uh, the, there's too much to too much to go wrong, and and the 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 Chargers really shot themselves in the foot. The the stats they have on on how little they ran the ball in the second half, where they were just looking to run the clock out, and they just could not could not stop the clock quick or could not get the clock to run quickly enough. Uh, so the Jags are are going to be a handful for the Chiefs, but the the Chiefs were, were the number one team for a reason, uh, other than games being cancelled, I guess. But it's I can't see it happening, but equally, it, it can be difficult to beat a team with a lot of momentum. Yeah, you're both absolutely right. I mean, we shouldn't write off the Jags, and I don't think I will. I mean, there is always the chance that the Chiefs, I mean, they're professionals, they're complete professionals, and they're amazing players, but they might take it too easy. You never know. You know, stranger things have happened. As I mentioned, Doug Peterson's uh, Eagles uh, won with that playoff tag. Uh, sorry, that uh, underdog tag a few years ago with Nick Foles at quarterback. Uh, and I would say that Lawrence is a little bit better than Nick Foles. Um, <laughs> so it's interesting. Uh, you touched on it there, Adam. Um, and I'm going to skip to something I was going to come back to later. The, ja- the, the Chargers barely ran the ball with a 27-0 lead. Um, uh, they, they've gone to fire their offensive coordinator. Um, and for me, that's what you do to protect the league. I was watching the Bills uh, the day before. It was earlier in the evening. I can't remember. I'm thinking, why are they passing so much? I'm watching the Seahawks and the, and the uh, 49ers, and I'm thinking, why aren't they running the ball so much? You know, the, the 49ers, they've got a rookie quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant. He's playing great. But it, it seems to be uh, seeing that less and less in 
as part of game management. Um, and Brian, I come to you because your team are the exception that you know makes me look silly because they've got two great running backs and they they heavily rely on them. I mean, do you think that it's a dying art in in game management? I think so, and I think you know the find the, the offensive coordinator. And at the end of the day, he's calling the plays, but. The, that to me, that's also on the head coach. Head coach's got to go over and tap him on the shoulder or in the headset, whichever it is, and say, look, you've got to run the ball, eh? I know you, you might want to pass it or whatever, but you've got to run. That's on the head coach, not just the coordinator. And I guess maybe a little bit quarterback as well. He can change things. But it does seem, yeah, it, it's, it's trendy, isn't it? It's cool to pass, and you can do a lot yeah. more with the passing game. And, you know, if, if you throw a pass and it, you know, they don't catch it, it doesn't look as bad. But if you get stuffed up for one yard, everyone's like, oh, why would you, why would you do that? Um, but still, you're right. You, you've got the lead. It's, it's football 101. Just run the ball, you know, worst case scenario. You, you know, you don't get a first down, but you take a couple of minutes off the clock or you do get a first down, you take even more time off the clock or heaven forbid, you might even score. So, yeah, run the ball. Teams should do that. Um and they've they've got good a good running back. I I I don't understand it. I don't know. I can't explain it. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's a weird one. And to me, yeah, offensive coordinator, you you are calling the plays. But come on, head coach, have a word. I think a lot of teams, and it, it can go both ways really. A lot of teams mm. just don't get the balance they should have. Uh, maybe I'm coming at this from from a bit of a Ravens perspective of of the fact that they just they don't pass it as often as they should but that that's partly because they don't have any receivers or didn't have any receivers <laughs> uh, but equally the the amount of marginal gains there are in, in professional sports and and the nfl in particular at, at, at this point and there isn't a, a clock management specialist who will say look if we run the ball three times we're going to burn x amount of clock or or take two of their time out out and I don't understand. It's something that one of my friends has been um, waxing lyrical about for years. Of there needs to be someone in the coach's ears with with the clock, clock management focused, as uh, as Brian says. But that is literally just their job of managing the clock throughout the throughout the game, saying you need to get a timeout here, you need to you need to save them for whatever. Because uh, that's that's another one that that gets me. I don't understand why teams are so scared of taking the the five five yard um, delay of game penalty when timeouts are so valuable. That they're always always trying to save the, the five yards when when a timeout would probably be far better, especially in the second half. It, the the clock management across the league, with with particular uh, particular examples such as the Chargers and uh, the Cowboys have been guilty of this as well. But uh, the Ravens are also guilty on the uh, at the weekend as well. The, the clock management is is nowhere near the quality that the rest of of the of, of the professional quality of the NFL is at this point. It's ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely agree uh, with both uh, both your points there. I mean, Brian, you're talking about how trendy it is. Um, absolutely. Uh, and, and Sky Sports, I was watching the, the coverage on Sky Sports. They found their new favourite uh, phrase at the moment is chunk plays. You know, they're saying it over and over, um, to, almost to tedious amounts. But uh, that's all they're talking. That's what they were mentioning. Um, and it is trendy. And, and, and as Adam says, you know, You've got a, a guy who's responsible for holding the belt of the of the head coach and stopping him from running on the pitch when he's, uh, you know, aimlessly wandering around. Why not get him to do it? Um, <laughs> it's just a little bit of clock management. Hey, hold on, son. You know, you're wasting a time out here. Um, excellent points. Uh, something to watch this weekend, I think, as we get like the number one seeds back and 
not not I don't want to say like the better teams, some of the better teams aren't it, uh, and some more experienced players like Tom Brady are out. But uh, it'd be interesting to see what these last few teams do. Uh, moving on, uh, Adam, we'll come to you first this time. 49ers, how far can they go? And uh, how much of this, how much of their success is the new quarterback, and how much you know do you think is just coaching? I think the 49ers are potentially the the class of of the eight remaining teams at, at this point across the two conferences. Obviously, the, the 49ers have been a, a really high quality team throughout the league. Uh, they made the big splash with uh, with Christian McCaffrey, uh, and we all know how that uh, Carl Shanahan can make a, a very average, if not below average, running back look good. So giving him a weapon that worked both in the past game and the, both in the run game and the pass game is it's just it's, it's lethal ultimately uh, Brock Purdy has has defied all expectation he's been absolutely fantastic and I think the, the narrative of Mr Irrelevant being in the Super Bowl while well, we'll hear about it for the, for the whole two weeks before the Super Bowl I, I think it's it would be a great story for the NFL um, and, and it gives them a real debate for next year I, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is under contract but making a decision between Purdy and, and Trey Lance and, and whether they, they decide in camp and then and, and then trade one is, is going to be fascinating. But I'm getting way ahead of myself there. Uh, <laughs> I think that the 49ers are uh, a great team. But that being said, we were going to talk about uh, the biggest chance of an upset this uh, this weekend. And I'm, I'm not counting the Bills-Bengals because I think that's a pick-em game. I think this is the best chance of an upset just because the Cowboys can be very good on their day. Um, I'm sure Brian will have have an opinion as as to whether they they can be fantastic or, or terrible. But between uh, the Jaguars, the Giants, and the Cowboys, I think they're the best chance of an underdog winning uh, on the, over the weekend. Yes, absolutely. Forty uh, Niners are extremely impressive, and we spoke about their skill position players last week. Um, but in watching them closely last week, uh, you know that you get the whole game instead of red zone. Uh, you can see elements of what Sean McVay did uh, does with the Rams, where you scheme your receivers open. Uh, just you know, you, you, you're overloading it, and, and you're running these slants and crossing routes, and there's always someone open. You know, it's part of the plan. It's very impressive. Uh, but Brock Purdy has been too, um, and he could challenge Trey Lance next year. That could be an interesting situation. Um, but we have to talk about the Cowboys. We've got a resident Cowboys fan in the room, um, Brett Mayer. <laughs> they just signed a kicker what's going on um, I don't know I don't know um, he's had a great year he's had, he, you know he has had a fantastic game we, we, we well like most teams you, you either have a kicker or you don't and then you end up going through this sort of cycle and we had him uh, we had May a couple of years ago and he's back and he's been, been fantastic this year um, and yeah you sort of see the first one and you're like wow Okay, uh, second one, that's the same. And then it's off to the other side. It's like, what is going on here? And then there's all the stats that no one's ever missed. Uh, I think three in a row or four in a row. Um, but yeah, it happened. And it's uh, it's strange and it's it's really difficult. I don't think it's, if it was mid-season, I think you, you're quite happy to, to have a look at other guys. But it, it's the playoffs now. And what do you do? Is he, has he just got the yips, as they say? Or is, is there something more? But... It seems like they're sticking with him for now, and hopefully, you know, whatever it is, he can, he can get over that. Um, you, you, I mean, I was watching that just even even one minute ago. I, I somehow thought Tom Brady would come back and, and win it because that's what he does. 
um, and it'd be very Cowboys to, to let it slip. Um, but that then points matter. They didn't really particularly matter on uh, on Monday night, Tuesday morning. But they're going to be incredibly important going forward. Um, but yeah, so the Cowboys as a whole. Uh, I mean, that's that's probably I think that's the best game they've played all year. Um, everything was clicking. I think the uh, what's the polite phrase? The the arse kicking they got off uh, Washington the weekend before gave them uh, gave them a bit of a wake up call. And yeah, I think. Um, as you said, Adam, I think if if the Cowboys can get everything clicking, I think they've, they've got everything there to, to be really good. It's, it's just whether can they do that? Can they do that again um, against against a better team in the 49ers? As you say, Brock Purdy's looked incredible um, for for a seventh round rookie, um, for, you know their their third choice quarterback. You know, you can just get a you know a backup coming in and, do, and doing well, but you, your third choice is 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 kind of crazy. Um, and yeah, same as yourself, what watched the whole game on Saturday and, and he looked good. There's a couple of balls that you're thinking, mm, that's a bit out there, but but everyone's got everyone's got them in him. So so we'll see. Obviously, the hope is that Cowboys defense can can cause some issues for him, get some of them stray balls. We'll see, but I don't know. It's, it's a bit of a coin toss that for me. But yeah, I think if the Cowboys on form. Um, got a good chance, but it's it's not going to be easy. And yeah, it should be yeah, it should be a good game. I can tell you that. I was going to say, tell us a little bit about the defense. I know Michael Parsons uh, mm-hmm. still had you know he's had another great year. I know Trevon Diggs. Uh, I don't know yep. what sort of season he's had after his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Who's who's helping out against all these skill players? You know, Debo Samuel, Brent Ayuk. You know, you've got McCaffrey, you've got Kittle. Who, who what are the names to look for? Well, that is, that is the question. That's one thing I, I was particularly worried about. You sort of, your number two and your number three cornerback are out in uh, Lewis and Bryant. And then you've had a rookie, Darren Brand, Brand Bland, step up. He's He's been good. I think he's had five or six interceptions. Um, and then the rest of it are a mix. We've got, um, oh, what's it called? Malik Hook has been great this year as a safety. And then it's a lot, a lot of it is on the, that defensive front. Um, old Digazua. Uh, Lawrence, uh, the rookie Sam Williams, he, he doesn't play much, but when he does, a lot of stuff happens. And then, yeah, it's, it's Micah Parsons. Um, he's just he's just so fast. Um, I can't keep track of him watching him, let alone him trying to run against me. But there, there's a lot of bit parts that are all playing really well, and I think it's schemed up well. Uh, Dan Quinn's done a fantastic job. Um, yeah, and he, he's he's getting... And I think what one one thing he's done really well is he sort of changed the scheme and adapts with the, the few injuries that we've had um, just to get to get the best out of the players that you've got. And that's that's what you need to do. So it'll be uh, interesting going against Kyle Shanahan, who's um, held the coordinator. And like we say, the 49ers, you say they've got weapons everywhere. I think it is, it is going to be a struggle for that secondary. But um, we shall see. Hopefully, they'll be needing to get a lot of pressure, I think, up front. Absolutely, absolutely. Adam, moving on. Uh a team that I know uh, were on your radar at the beginning of the playoffs, the Bengals. Um, for a young team, they, 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 you know, you've got Burrows, you've got Chase, and and you know other young pieces. But they all went to the Super Bowl last year. And for a young team, they're playing with a lot of confidence and look like they've, you know, are quite experienced. Um, you, you know, you're quite confident about the Bengals, aren't you? I think the Bengals have. They finally became the team that that we expected them to be coming into this season. They, they've they've had. 
uh, they had a, a shaky start and then they, they've come into uh, come to hit form. They were definitely the class of the AFC North in the end, despite it being a, a close division race until the last three or four weeks of the season. I think that that was flattered a bit. And ultimately, the Ravens did have a uh, a, a fourth place schedule, which was was definitely helping out in in the uh, in, in their run to run to the playoffs. Uh, but the big worry for the Bengals is the fact that for the first I believe it was about 15 weeks of the season they had an unchanged offensive line, which obviously was their big big issue last year and, and what they put a lot of resource into uh, in the offseason. And now they've lost Jonah Williams, who's who's week to week. Um, uh, and if if you're week to week coming into the divisional round, are you really ever going to be healthy for the for the Super Bowl, assuming your team gets that, that far, obviously? Uh, Alex Kappa's been injured, and I believe they've got a, a third offensive lineman who's injured. So... It could well be one that uh, Joe Burrow is running for his life once again, as as he was in in year one and year two. Uh, the Bengals, they're they're a pretty complete team. Obviously, they've got a lot of uh, options at receiver with Jamar Chase and, and T Higgins. It's, it's one of the best, uh, t- and Tyler Boyd. Uh, so one of the, the best tandems and and, and uh, trios of, in the league from from a receiver perspective. Uh, Joe Burrow is a um, he's a he's a quality bell cow back. Uh, but even when he was out, Samaj P. Ryan uh, came in and, and he, certainly from a fantasy perspective, he was very useful for a, a game or two in, in the middle of this season, uh, which just shows how, how versatile the, the offence is. And on defence, you've got you've got Sam Hubbard, who, who scored that very, very frustrating fumble return last weekend uh, and, uh, and a few other key players in, in Von Bell and, and Jesse Bates. Uh, it's, it's a well-rounded team, uh, but... With how they performed against the Ravens, given how beat up they were, and particularly the fact that they had uh, Tyler Huntley at quarterback, I'm just not sure I can trust them. Ultimately, uh, I'd definitely be backing the Bills, although they had their own scare coming into uh, into the the season. Uh, I, I'd definitely back the Bills, given that they're at home. Uh, but I think it's going to be the game of the weekend, which of course means that it's uh, it's it's too late for anyone in the UK to to realistically watch it. Uh, of, of course, um, not that I hate the new playoff format and and, t- and TV times as uh, the NFL looks to expand outside of the USA. Absolutely right. I mean, last week was crazy. I mean, we don't normally have a Monday night playoff game. Um, bit unusual for us. Uh, a lot of catch up in 40 minutes was done in this house. I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, sorry, um, uh, are overnight as well. Just to add to it, uh, Brian, the Bills. I sort of felt like the cracks were showing against the Dolphins and a rookie quarterback in Skylar Thompson. Um, obviously, there's a lot going on in their minds. Um, the week before, they used that as an inspiration. This week, you know, well, again, not this last week against Miami, they weren't quite as 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 slick uh it's sort of what i felt what about yourself i think he's brought on yeah and it's uh it's good point out of me there both both teams going into this game are had a bit of a bit of a nightmare last not well they still win but they made they made a mess of it and you're right the bills went uh it was 17 points up and then next thing you know it's 17 all and it's um yeah it's looking a bit nervy and it sort of went down to the wire didn't it and that's not what you expected from a from a bill team that been pretty pretty well pretty impressive all year and uh 14 13 and 3 finished obviously without that final game counting and yeah this this is almost a, a gimme um 
and it, like you say, it made the the Super Wildcard Weekend. It put the Super in Super Wildcard Weekend a little bit. Um, but yeah, there's there's like you say, there's obviously with um, with what happened, there's a lot going on there. You'd think, um, especially how how well Hamlin's recovering. Hopefully that's um, it's the right way. Not not in the back of their minds, but in in the front of their minds in a good way. They can get back to to trying to play football, but. Yeah, it doesn't. You sort of expected them to to dance all over Miami and, and be full of confidence going into this game, and and that's not the way it is. So I, I imagine they'll, they'll turn it round. Um, they're they're a very good team. Yeah, they're, they're still favourites to win this, and especially at home. Um, it'll be nice and cold up there, won't it? Yeah. Um, so you guys, my, my heating's been uh, faulty today, and I'm I'm <laughs> feeling the cold, and I wouldn't want to be running about playing football in it. So yeah, I, I don't can't pinpoint what's wrong, but I, I've got a feeling they'll they'll turn it round. But as I imagine, the the Bengals will be a lot better as well. So this this could be uh, this could be a pretty good game. Absolutely, two very well coached teams. You know, very very good teams. I'm not surprised this is this is game of the week. Uh, it'll be a good watch. Um, I'll try and take a little bit of this next one because it's a toughie. I was going to ask where did this Daniel Jones come from. Uh, the Giants just look a different team to what they did uh, last year. Brian Dayball is a, one of the reasons for it. He's a fantastic offensive coach. He uh, worked wonders with Josh Allen early in his career, and he seems to have done similarly with Daniel jo- with Daniel Jones. I, I, there's sure. part of me that says, "Is this a contract year?" Probably not. I think I don't think he's that type of player, especially you know being a quarterback. There's a lot more uh, to it than that. I think um, they are playing a much better scheme now under Brian Dable, and their offensive line is much stronger. Uh, Thomas has come into his own. He's one of the best tackles in the league this year after looking dodgy in his rookie season, and they've got Neil on the other side. Uh, the offensive line is much stronger, and that shows in Saquon Barkley's game. He's looking back to his old self as well, um, which is really helping. Um, I was just amazed about Daniel Jones running the ball so much. Uh, it reminded me of that Colin Kaepernick game uh, in the playoffs against Green Bay a few years ago, um, which was just insane. I don't think we'll see him do that as much against uh, the Eagles, though, um, or I think he's going to get hurt. Um, what do you guys think? Daniel Jones, is he back? Is he is he fulfilling that potential he had in college? I think he is. Yeah, he's um, he's looked a lot better this year. And, and like you say, is it is it him? Is it is it the coaching? It is it's one of them things. You know, you sort of uh, see all sorts of plays when when the play when the coach and the quarterback line up perfectly. They, it's amazing when when they're with someone else. It doesn't always work. Look at you know Patriots, Tom Brady, etc. Um, but yeah, he, he's been been far better living up to his, his potential um this year uh obviously I, I, I couldn't remember who it was but i had a look at it. it's joe judge he had coaching in the last couple of years and eh, that didn't work out did it so you'd expect him to be better with, with someone like brian dayball um i say contract year i don't know i don't i always think the contract years i think i think obviously like that's a bit overrated as a thing i think like say, someone, some, days, isn't it? say you've got a one in three chance of having a good year there's a one in three chance it goes up with you, matched up with you being a contract year. It's, oh, it's contract year, you know. Two or three, two out of the three guys are going to have a bad contract year. But anyway, it's one of my strange, stupid football theories. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've been really impressed with him. I think it's it's going to be a big ask. 
um, going to Philadelphia. Um, you know, they've got a few question marks, but all in all, they're the easily one of, the, one of the top two teams in the league this year. But I think they'll give it a good go. And I think, like most teams, going into this game, they'll, they'll be full of confidence in how they played. Um, beating the Vikings pretty comprehensively last weekend. What do you think, Adam? Uh, Brett Bryan touched on some weaknesses for the Eagles. I find it tough to see any. How about yourself? I think the Eagles, along with the Bills and Bengals, they're the two teams that, or three teams that have been really, really good throughout the season and then suddenly haven't been on form for the last two or three weeks. And it's difficult for, from an Eagles perspective, they obviously only needed one win from the last three and then it was one win from the last two and in the end they got it done when they when they really needed to uh, and now now they need to win every game obviously now we're into the playoffs and it's one of those it's like when I, I can very much imagine it being like a team when you're you're three scores up and suddenly the the other team scores 17 points and, and you're in a contest and it's hard to to get in back into that top gear i i can see the eagles uh, flopping as a as a uh, coming back off the bye uh, quite easily but not to say that they're a bad team. It's just it. It's probably about a month or so since we've seen them in in full flight. Uh, I don't think the Giants are the best team to give them a run for their money. They're they're probably lucky that they didn't end up with a um, a bit a bigger threat. I, I guess they couldn't have uh, played the Vikings, but uh, they could have could have ended up with the the Cowboys, uh, for for example. Um, and. I think the Giants are, while it became very trendy through the middle of the season to um, say they're they're so much worse than their record, they were playing well or they were coached well. Uh, and and I, I agree with Brian, uh, Brian Dable, uh, different Brian, Brian Dable has uh, made a, a huge difference to to how they're they're performing. And having a good head coach is a, makes takes you a long way, uh, certainly to sort of getting to that playoff level. But to get to the next standard of of Super Bowl contender is is a different matter, but but having a, a quality head coach is is key in this league to to having a good success. Uh, so it could be a good game, uh, and it's interesting to see three. It's the first time in in 25 years that there's three teams from the same division in the playoffs. As much as we uh, mock the uh, uh, sorry, th- first time for 25 years that there were three teams uh, in the divisional round from the same division um, and from the NFC East of all divisions that's that's usually pretty terrible NFC um, beast yeah it's now cool <laughs> but I, I think the the Eagles are going to have too much firepower and it's going to be a, a good opportunity for them to get back up to speed before the before the real um, the real work starts next week in the in the conference championship game and now I've said that they're, they're going to absolutely uh, absolutely not turn up and uh, be completely turfed out of the playoffs by <laughs> four scores yeah it's, it's that's interesting actually you say that that they you know that they were slightly on a downer towards the end of the season I think they were either resting Jalen Hurts or he was injured or both um, and he's back um, what they really need is a, a win under their belt to get that, you know, blow off that rust. The Giants might end up being that perfect team to blow off that rust and really help them going forward in the playoffs. So Ingles could be one to watch uh, for me. And, and we're coming back to a question that I was going to run past you guys at the beginning. The Eagles are there based on strong trenches. Everyone knows I'm a trenches guy. Um, we've got Jordan Davis as a beast on the defensive line. Um, Lane Johnson has been insanely good this year on the offensive line. 
Jason Kelsey, you know, plenty of other players on those lines. They've got, you know, they're good all over the park, but I think that their team is based on strong trenches. And indeed, most, you know, a lot of the most recent Super Bowl winners have had great trenches. Los Angeles Rams last year, Tampa Bay, especially the year before, um, they were really good on both both lines. Um, Kansas City the year before that, although they've had to replace most of their offensive lines since winning that Super Bowl. Um, they're still good on the trenches. Um, but a lot of the teams this year that look threatening, we've been talking about their skill positions, which, you know, in today's NFL, uh, we'll start with Ryan, uh, you know, which is more important? What a question. Um, a difficult one. Uh, I'm going to sit on this fence and say both. <laughs> no, um, I mean, that, that's, that, that's kind of true. I think you, need, you do need a bit of both. Um, I think if you have to pick, which uh, for the sake of you guys and the listeners, we probably should do, uh, I'd say you need, you need skill position players just because I think you can, you can at least try and work around, um, you know, a poor offensive line. It won't always work, but you can, and depending on your coach, you can try and scheme things around it. You can, you know, there's ways of, of sort of getting by uh, like I say, ideally, you have a bit of both. Um, if I had to pick, I'd, I'd say skill position players, just because, look, if you've got a fantastic offensive line, but you haven't got someone to move the ball, you, you'll move it a bit, but you're not, you're going to struggle, especially when you get to the playoffs. So um, I'd pick that, but it is tough. And ideally, like you say, the, the good teams, the Super Bowl winning teams, they they, they do have both. You, you sort of have to. And you 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 have seen teams, to be fair, that have got, Fantastic skill position player. I can't really think of. Uh, like you could say the Bengals last year. They they had great skill position players. Not a great offensive line. Yeah. Um, it yeah, it cost them at the sense. very end. But but other than that, they, they did okay with it. Um, there'll be other examples out there, but it's it's one of them. I think if you get some, you can you can sort of work around it. Whereas I don't know. Yeah, I'd rather have if I had to pick. It's a sort of fifty-two forty-eight. You know, we know how that works out. Mm-hmm. I'm with Brian that I think option three is the is the key of having a good balance. You can't have a back-breaking, back-breakingly poor uh, skill position or um, setup or uh, or offensive line. Uh, just look at the uh, the Ravens as an example there. Uh, I guess although I guess that could work for for either example, uh, but. The, if I were to to have to pick between the two, I'd go with offensive line. Uh, as the uh, as the key option, uh, you, you need to keep your your quarterback upright as much as uh, anything. Availability is is key for for uh, for quarterback and, and running back. Uh, but the amount of teams where you've seen a, a quality quarterback, uh, such as Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, and suddenly struggle when they've got offensive line injuries, uh, and what, work their way around it, but go from being a Super Bowl caliber team to a team that's a fodder in the playoffs uh, you, you really struggle without the offensive line and I, I think the Bengals were uh, the exception that proves the rule uh, with, with that one uh, the amount of times that I've had a, a strong O-line over the past uh, it would be an interesting example to go uh, over the last 20 years and see the Super Bowl winners and, and see whether they were stronger on online or uh, or in skill positions but I'd back the offensive line over uh, skill positions on that one obviously mm. there was the, uh, the, the great uh, run of uh, Hall of Fame uh, level wide receivers not getting into the not winning a Super Bowl and that's that's an example uh, that, another example that the offensive line is is just that that important to uh, to winning uh, at the highest level. 
Indeed. Uh, cast your mind back, Adam. Who were the receivers for the Ravens in 2013? In, in 20, well, 2012, it was Anquan Bolden, uh, Jacoby Jones, um, Torrey Smith. Uh, I'd, I'd be struggling behind that. Uh, Dennis Pitter at, at tight end. Uh, but but yeah, it was, so it was so some some quality options, but not a not superstars for sure. Aggressively medium. Uh, Anquan Bolden's a superstar, <laughs> but he was coming to the end of his career. Um, and to be fair, like you say, it is good to have both. You think back to the you know New England teams that had Edelman and, and Gronk. Um, you know, the, even the Chiefs, you know, they had their strong lines, but they still had your Travis Kelsey's, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You got Godwin and Evans. The Rams last year, they're trying to Cooper Cup, who had a record year. So if I was to look at the teams this year and say who's got both, probably the 49ers, because we're talking all about their skill position players, but we're forgetting they've got probably the best tackle from this year, Trent Williams, and the sack leader in Nick Bosa. Um, we should ask Brian really what the uh, the Cowboys have had at receiver when they won the Super Bowl, but I guess we'd have to be going back about 25 years then. Oof. Michael <laughs> Irvin, was it not? It was, yeah, he was all right. <laughs> back when he was actually a player. <laughs> yeah. And a Hall of Fame running back. Yeah, so he's skill position. But their uh, offensive line, they had, to, uh, they had a pretty complete team. But um, yeah, I've just, I'm, I'm trying to think of other examples, but yeah, you, you do need both, don't you? Um, well, the, the, or like the you say, or maybe an, an aggressively, what do you say, aggressively medium, <laughs> that frame, really aggressively medium offensive line and, and some superstar receivers. Um, yeah. Yeah, the, the Seahawks was uh, Doug Baldwin, Golden Tate. Um, I forget who played tight end, but they, they relied on heavily on the running game that year. Interesting. We could do a whole podcast on it. So I'll ask you both very quickly, Brian, who's the upset for this week? Oh wow! Um, oh, I think it's tough, 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 tough. May uh, let's go the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Adam, ruling out Bengals Bills as a as an upset t- uh, game. I'd go with the uh, the Cowboys. Oh, interesting. Uh, based on what we just spoken about, I'm going to go for the Jags uh, because they are a fun watch. Uh, I like the Chiefs; they're a strong team, and they'll probably go on and win it. Let's be honest. But <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't count out the Jags again. I think I think the Jags will give them a good game. I'm I'm looking forward to that. They're they're a fun watch. I'm looking forward to seeing that one. Uh, finally, we can't have you on here, Brian. Uh, draft talks kicked off again. We had the first one last week. What's coming up? Mm-hmm. Yep, I would advise everyone to check that out. Uh, Owen and Shu ran through their first round locks. Uh, basically, guys that are definitely taking in the first round. Uh, have a listen. Um, Basically, the players you're going to be hearing all about from from ourselves in the draft talk and everywhere else as we head towards April. Uh, starting a couple of days after this part, there'll be our rookie of the year team, uh, rookie team of the all rookie team, whatever we're going to call it. Uh, and then a week or two after that, we'll be heading on to our infamous top five, running through all the positions, all the players, everything you need to know ready for this year's draft. It's all kicking off soon. Football never stops. Um, I, so everything you will be on there and obviously on the website there's already loads of scouting reports on there it's it's all go are you live pod in the draft again potentially yeah we, we've got all got sorts of ideas. we've got we've got matching t-shirts yeah we've got them uh we've got matching mugs uh it's very exciting um but yeah we'll be uh we'll be doing loads of stuff up, up until the draft maybe on, during the draft um 
watch this space or watch this mm-hmm. app or video or whatever it may be. But yeah, we're doing it on video now as well. That's exciting. Um, yeah, it's all to come. And the senior ball? Senior ball, yep. We'll be uh, doing that. We've got accreditation for that. So we'll be watching every single practice live, plus the games, interviews, etc. Um, that's coming up next week or the week after, I think. So there's just going to be so much stuff there. You're going to, honestly, guys, check it out. The guys are fantastic. Everything you need to know for the draft is there right here on this podcast stream, the Draft Talk podcast. Enjoy. <laughs> awesome. Everyone, make sure you sign up, check that out, you know, keep an eye on the tweets. Um, but as for today's show, that is it. Enjoy the divisional round. Uh, and we'd love to hear your thoughts, especially on the trenches versus skill position, uh, which is more important. You can tweet us at 99 Yards. Thanks for listening. Yeah.